0: I'm Mary Byers, and this is Successful Associations Today. You know, I think some of it is how we welcome new members into the association, and I like to think of it as creating a culture of hospitality. (laughs) If you were inviting somebody into your home, you would make sure that you are uh, considering their needs, their wants, their desires, you would serve food that you think they would like, you would be you know, attentive to uh, whether they are uh, involved in talking to other people. And so I think if we take this culture of hospitality and um, infuse the associations with, then it becomes more secondhand and more of a way to pull people in. So whether it's online and getting them into a group that is a good fit for them, or at a meeting, it can be as simple as just seeing somebody standing by themselves. And making Mm -hmm. sure that somebody goes over and approaches them, meets them, greets them, and then takes them and connects them to other members. And I think that Mm -hmm. that that whole culture of hospitality um, is extremely important. And it's why the underperformers aren't doing well as they're just not being very attentional about it. Yeah,
1: I I love that idea of the culture of uh, hospitality. That's so powerful.
0: You interviewed nearly 400 members for your research, and what have you learned in addition to what we've already talked about in regard to engagement?
1: Yeah, you know, this idea that you were just talking about, about um, if you see somebody standing by themselves and uh, that you would go up and talk to them. So. It, that really strikes a nerve with me because I remember um, a member recalling the first time she went to her association's annual conference, and uh, and she said, I, I was so, so nervous. And right after registering, a board member, who also happened to be this really well-known industry legend, walked up to this new member and introduced herself. And, and they I think they only chit-chatted for maybe a minute or so, and then the board member had to rush off to something else. But that experience stuck in her mind 20 minutes later. And one of the things she said about that is that introduction kind of like, it, it brought the gates down for her. All of a sudden she was able to walk up to other people and introduce herself and she had a marvelous annual conference. So, so, you know, to kind of bring this back to your question, what else have I learned about engagement? Is that engagement is so much more than providing a good value. So there's two elements to member engagement, and we can unpack them. One one element is the value side, and the other element is the member experience side. So the way I define value is, it's all related to your benefits, your products, and the other things that you earn non dues revenue about. Value is super tangible, and it can be measured in ROI. Member experience is very different. It's often related to the interactions that members are having with or because of the association and member experience is very intangible. so I want you to think about you know emotions impressions, feelings it's, it's all of that super gooey stuff that's really hard to measure. So when we talk about engagement, um, I want I want to shift everybody's mind um, to including this whole experience part. That's the big opportunity for uh, for associations is to embrace and improve the member experience. So we can have trained welcoming teams, enthusiastically greeting attendees, we can call our new members and personally connect with them, Um, we can radically cut cut down our response time from the association to a member who's called us or emailed us. You know, there's all of these really interesting things that we can do to boost experience, and, and I think that's kind of the next frontier for associations when we're talking about engagement. You know, I
0: think that it's uh, the intangible piece of it because it's not quite as easy to get your arms around. I think it's easier to focus more on the tangible part of it. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to echo what you just said in that the intangible piece of it probably provides a greater opportunity for uh, associations to do better. And when they're doing better in that area, just in terms of how people feel, and, and how they're welcomed, and uh, what the experience is like. Uh, I think you can we can make great gains uh, in terms of um, both uh, recruitment, but also retention uh, for associations. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the barriers to engagement. We've touched on several of them, but how have you seen associations overcome these barriers?
1: Sure. So, so one of the biggest, most profound first barriers to member engagement is when new members encounter association emails. Uh, So I know I've talked a little bit about this, but I want to dive into this in a little bit more detail because it's so important. Uh, Associations welcome emails tend to be really long. They tend to list an association's benefits. You know, here are all 18 or 37 of our benefits. Uh, Association welcome emails tend to be really complex. And they tend not to really be targeted to new members' problems. They can be hard to read, they can be impossible to scan. So, too many of these emails, um, you know, if you get too many emails like this, uh, members really start to ignore our emails, which is a problem for associations, because email is our primary avenue for communicating with them. Now, I know earlier I mentioned this phrase, uh, frictionless communications, and and when I talked about that framework, you're probably wondering, you know, what I meant. And so, so what I'd like association professionals to think about when they're thinking about writing their email is striving for a very particular framework. Um, messaging that's super short, you know, no more than three to five sentences. Messaging that's really direct. You're talking about one thing with one call to action. Messaging that is solution oriented. So, So your list of benefits are not solution oriented. When members are encountered with your list of benefits, they don't know what to do with that. Um, And so what we need to do is we need to pick one problem that our new members are having and solve that problem for them in the email. And so then the solution generally is a link to something and we need to make that link to something or that solution super easy and quick too. Um, so that, you know, especially early on in their series, later on in the series, you can introduce them to your, you know, volumes of research. So early on in that, that, that series, you want to make things super snackable. And, uh, and so, you know, that's, yeah, I think email is, you know, immediately you join and you, and you start getting emails. And that email usually for many associations is that first barrier to engagement.
0: So we need to be disciplined in what we do with email, and we also need to remember that less is more, that <laughs> yeah. longer emails, longer sentences, more benefits just creates communications clutter, and it doesn't necessarily uh, enhance the value.
1: When you ask about turnarounds, I think you know one of the most inspiring turnarounds that I'm seeing is really association-wide, and that is the focus on new member engagement and new member onboarding programs. Um, More and more associations are implementing these programs right now, which to me is super exciting. Uh, In the the new member engagement study, we found that almost 75% of our respondents had implemented a program within the last one to four years. Now, these programs are not new. Some associations have been doing them for 20 years, but there's so many associations that don't do them at all, or they're doing them more and more. In fact, when I go out and speak about member engagement, new member engagement, I ask the audience. Know, how many? How many of you have a new member onboarding program? Five years ago, it was just a trickle of hands, and now it can be a third to a half of the audience. So I'm, I am super excited that uh, these valuable programs, um, you know, many associations are are signing on and trying out new member onboarding programs, and in they're including them in their organizational strategies, which I, I think is, is going to make a huge impact going forward.
0: You know, I'm seeing that. With associations, from a board standpoint, too, that onboarding is becoming more important and that the better they onboard and the more carefully selected their board members are, the higher the engagement of the board is, too. And since the board is such a valuable part of the association's overall work and the decisions that they make about member value and benefits and so on and so forth, I think it's kind of neat to see that just the whole idea of onboarding regardless of where it is, is is helping strengthen uh, the organizations that, that you and I both work with. Um, as we wrap up here, Amanda, if you were going to develop a new membership organization today, what would you want to bake in from the get-go uh, t- to help make it as effective as possible?
1: Sure. Okay, so if... I were going to develop a new member community, or not a new member community, but a community for members. You know, when I when I kind of think of it as like at a high level, if I was starting from scratch, what would I want? Well, I would want a community that's generous. I'd want a community where people are happy and supported. Uh, it's a friendly space full of ideas and experiments and uh you know, people doing interesting things and celebrating each other. I want my community to have this sort of like, you know, magical feel. It's a, you know, it's a, a special place. And I realize as I'm saying all of these words, these are really mushy, gooey words. But to do something like this would take some hardcore business strategy. So Okay, so what would the business strategy be? Um, okay, so first of all, I would want to create a culture of innovation and a process for innovation. So, you know, think about something like the design thinking process, which starts with discovery, and then you test your minimum viable product, and then you go to launch, and then you add, you know, ask for feedback. So I'd, I'd want to, right at the get-go, uh, you know, we're going to celebrate a- innovation by focusing on our culture and our process. Uh, the, the next thing I would want to do is I want to prioritize great customer service. Now, you were talking about, you know, the fo- focus on hospitality. Yes, great customer service and hospitality association-wide. And, I'll, um, you know, I, I think that that is, is super, super important. Um, I would try to nudge our member culture into being really generous and open and friendly. So, so um, you know, not just to focus on the staff culture, but also, you know, what can we do to cultivate and curate a member culture where members come and, and they feel really good about being there and they want to meet each other and they want to put in that extra effort. And and I'd also start with understanding that getting the transactions to be seamless is, is expected. It's sort of the bottom line, but what really makes associations great is providing solutions as well as remarkable experiences. So So, you know, I think I would try to nail down all of the organizational structure and the administrative stuff, you know, quickly so that we can do it really well, but it's something that doesn't run us. You know, the administrative part of the business doesn't run us. And instead, what we're doing is, as a staff, we're focusing far more on the member-facing stuff, the stuff that members care about, how we're going to help them solve their problems and how we're going to just, you know, give them a really remarkable experience by just being here.
0: As I was listening to you, Amanda, I was thinking about the words duty or desire. Are members attending and participating out of a sense of duty or out of a sense of desire. And I think if we can create uh, cultures and associations uh, that reflect some of the words that you just used, the magical experience, people will want to join and remain members because of desire and not because of duty. And I think our jobs get easier if, if we can make that happen. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm Mary Byers and this is Successful Associations Today.